Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy, Ryback, here with Raj Geary Wrestling, Inc. Raj, how are you doing today? Good, man. I hope uh, hope, hope our audio is okay this week. (laughs) We're we're going back to the original Skype uh, format for this week until we can figure out there's something going on with the the background noise when me and you record that my podcast, the, the StreamYard audio wasn't getting picked up on it. Wasn't yeah, picking it up, but something on my end is picking it up on your end, and it's. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's picking up my fan or something, but it's it's weird. The video is the, the audio is perfectly fine on the video version, but the podcast version it sounds like there's some hanky yeah. panky going on. Oh, it definitely so. there definitely sounds like something's going on. It's if you're a first time listener to this show, it's just just two dudes <laughs> talking wrestling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. I'll keep my hands yeah, up. But. <laughs> <laughs> it is the background fan. I have a feeling that you have on because with uh, the only other one that uh, the Armando Estrada conversation I had, he his fans in his laptop were getting picked up, and it ruined. I mean, it really, really distorted the conversation, and we couldn't. It, it, I heard it during it very mildly, but it was a million times worse on the final from when uh, how the podcast recorder picked it up. So. Yeah, it's weird. It, it must be connected. It, it must be able to pick up a different audio stream on my computer, which I don't know how it's doing that, but yeah. we'll, we'll pick it up. But yeah, but is... I don't think we have any issues with Skype, though. So for the listeners, hopefully we never <laughs> had any sound things with that. So that's right. why I was like, oh, right, we'll go back to Skype until and then I'll just use the StreamYard audio moving forward, maybe. And I like having the backup on the podcast just in case anything ever. But right. Yeah. What do we got going on this week? And uh, it's uh, a lot of the fallout from last week uh, that we've been seeing. Uh, kind of a pretty busy week. Uh, we've seen WWE uh, really affected with regarding all the positive COVID tests that came out last week. Uh, last week, SmackDown was condensed. Basically, it was an hour of uh, new content and then the Undertaker uh, special. Undertaker basically announced that he retired. Um, that he's done. He's kind of he's kind of said that before, but this one feels a little more real. Um, real quick, your, your thoughts on the Undertaker possibly being done? I mean, he had, had a phenomenal career, and uh, I think it's unfortunate it's all happening during all this. I think, but I, the the WrestleMania match was obviously really really well done. Again, sucks it's not with fans. We've had that moment though, where he's left his his gear in the ring, where we thought he was done, and that was that people thought was it. Um, this is also professional wrestling, uh, and he's already kind of come back several times. And who's to who's to say not to say that, you know, if if things get back to normal in WrestleMania next year in LA or whatever, Vince wants to do a send off for the fans. Like it's gonna, you know what I mean? And he's feeling right. good. It'll, it'll probably happen. So. I don't really, but there's, we're not, I'm not privy to inside information of what's going on. And he's been through a lot. He hasn't wrestled regularly. I mean, in forever, right. it's just been appearances one time a year, two times a year. The last 
whatever year and a half, two years was the most he's kind of appeared, I feel like, and since I've been around and it's uh his hips have been replaced and I'm sure whatever other injuries. I mean, that right there in itself is it, it that's not gonna get better. The pain's only gonna get worse the older you get when the longer you have those replacements in and um from what I understand at least. He's yeah. a big guy too. I just you gotta eventually hang him up. Right. The, Selfishly, I, I'd still like to see Adrian Undertaker, you know, in an in-ring, in, in an in-ring match. But, you know, who knows when that could happen with, with fans in the crowd. And, but I saw Sting had made a comment. He, he wants one last ride. So, fuck it. I mean, let's just let them both ride in on motorcycles to L.A. And uh, <laughs> let's do Sting and Taker. They both die in the ring, just as far as character-wise. That <laughs> character-wise, character and that, uh, I mean, you could easily do it. I mean, Taker did say like this match, the Boneyard match, was harder on him uh, physically than his other in-ring matches. Oh, he wow. said that uh, because of having to retake shots, you don't yeah. you don't have the adrenaline, uh, so you're doing these bumps, you know, on dirt, and they didn't, you know, they don't have stuntmen or anything. So uh, he said it was harder, but you know with the way they shoot these with undertaker and sting and sting's really easy to, you know, find someone to be a stunt double. I, I mean, you could easily do it. Get Heath Slater back for that sting appearance again. <laughs> Heath Slater's looking jacked. Have you seen him? Yeah, he's ready. He's getting ready. That's actually, yeah, that's another topic. We didn't even think oh, about yeah. the, uh, get I, I, uh, man. Yeah. Taker. I, I would like to see him stay retired. I know that, Again, though, it's not ideal with no no crowd or anything. But I mean, just I've had many interactions with him, and I say many. Just I remember one I had with him before I debuted as Ryback. I was doing dark still when I came back from my ankle injury. I think we were in Laredo, Texas, if I if I'm not mistaken. He happened to just be there at one of the Texas shows, and uh, I remember just like him giving me very promising words on on uh, the potential that I had um, from what he saw because I don't think he hadn't really seen me or he had seen me before and met me, but he hadn't seen me in quite a while. And um, I remember that. I just remember it was a good conversation. I couldn't give you details. And but I remember it was a positive uh, encounter. And then obviously I remember, I remember talking to him a lot uh, at WrestleMania 29 where it was me and Mark Henry and all that bullshit was going on. And he was in the ring, uh, and they had the, the the hotels. It was just me and him and the practice thing. I think Mark and Henry and and I think Finley was our producer for that match. I think we had already done our walkthrough for the day, and I think I'd learned whatever happened. The finish changed, or whatever I was be, had believed the, what was going on that for I was getting ready for the big heel turn and thought it was going over on Mark and that it was like, no, you're falling on your face. And I think I had just found out that day. I remember having like a pretty lengthy discussion with Taker. He wasn't like in the mix of anything going on there. And I just remember just like kind of just and like, I don't know what's going on. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, but I remember we had a, a discussion for quite a bit on all that and it wasn't anything like good or bad. It was just more bullshitting and, um, whatnot, but he wasn't in the mix. He wasn't there every day anymore at that point. And, uh, it was kind of left to just kind of figure things out for whatever they were. And it obviously nothing good, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, he was always a great guy. Always easy to talk to. And, uh, but again, he wasn't there like for my generation, like of, of being like a regular guy in the locker room. So. 
Right. I, I do got to ask you about that, because if you're writing a story, you don't have the guy who's about to go on a big world title program lose. Uh, they did that with AJ and Jericho, where Jericho beat AJ at Mania, and then AJ was in a feud with Roman Reigns. I think it just hurts the storytelling. And then having you lose the night before your turn heel and go into a program with yeah. uh, John Cena, what was there? Did they give you any kind of reason why that finish made sense, you losing to Mark Henry at WrestleMania? Yeah, it was Vince. That was their way of destroying Ryback. Of that was the WrestleMania, and it was of because he Vince understands his fan base better than anyone, and he knows that that they're going to blame me, and he wanted it to make it look like I messed up my own finish, essentially of falling on my face with Mark Henry, and that that was my big WrestleMania moment. And I remember going, and I never tried to ever get a finish change, but I remember talking to him that day. I tried to get a hold of him ever since I found out during that week, and he was very difficult to uh, get a meeting with. And we, we ended up having a, a meeting in Gorilla, I believe, for this one and uh, early in the day. And I said, this isn't right. I said, I, I go to your show. I'll do whatever you want. But I go, this is I go, this is falling on my face. I've been your big baby face up to that. I've lost seven pay-per-views in a row. I'm the number two merchandise seller in the company it could be number one if you would just let me. And you guys would like whatever's going on. And it was very like just laid back conversation. He goes, oh, this is your first big excuse that you you failed as the big baby face and now we're going to go with you as the heel and now you got this chip on your shoulder and he laid it out where it made it look like it was going to I'm going to get the big championship run as a heel which if that would have been the case it would have been great and eventually you know a baby face comes and takes it away but it at least paid off that initial hot streak and it was never that never was the case and it was um, and I knew that was right after that. They took away the feed me more. They took away all the merchandise literally came over. He goes, we're taking away all your merchandise because the checks were getting too big and that they didn't like, they, there was too, this isn't, this isn't a creative issue going like other people. I've, that's why I've tried to explain to people it is, it's all in the past. It was my personal issues with the company that I think destroyed everything. And it was just a game, and they knew how bad I wanted that success. And and it's fine. It's all my fault. I'll, I'll take all the blame. I fell on my face at WrestleMania with Mark Henry because I followed it to a T. But it didn't make any sense. And people watching it just go, that doesn't, it, doesn't, it didn't feel right. You go back and watch that. What, what do you get out of that? And why am I picking him back up and hitting my move afterwards? Why did I need to fall on my face? And that wasn't once referenced uh, in my heel turn. So yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I, no, I lived it's it. Piss poor storytelling. No, it's so it, weird. It yeah. sucks. I lived through all of it, and I will. I've overcome all of it. But it, from a character standpoint, that's like where you got like hardcore fans. Though they judge you based off of those moments, right. and that's just that's the reality of the situation. Now, I I look at it as I went there and executed my job perfectly. Just unfortunately, from a storyline perspective, it doesn't do any favors for me, and it never did. Why was I the number one contender after losing to Mark Henry? It doesn't. Yeah. How did how did that how yeah. how? I think if if someone uh, was in a writer's room when they're writing the yeah. Rocky Rocky Four movie and they said let's have Drago lose before he faces Rocky, yeah, they'd be kicked out and fired right there on the spot. It's just or like, no you, you go back and I use just for the reference, but you know when Goldberg was red hot in WCW and before he won the title from Hogan, I remember right. watching that in uh, Mesa, Arizona in a baseball tournament. Um, but if he had a match with somebody and fell on his face and got beat. And then right. the next night he, and then he actually won the title even then, but that was as a baby face. And then imagine then he just, he ties Hogan once and then he loses the next one and then beats Jericho with a roll up. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah. then yeah. 
bullies people for a while and then he's tagging with Curtis Axel. Like that's <laughs> you're like, wait, what the fuck happened here? Like it, it was just too there was and there was nothing going on that it was just that was a way to take away everything eventually. Yeah. So kind of. Uh Maria Canellas this week, she wasn't happy with yeah. uh Clearly not happy. I mean, how how could you be? Uh, her and Mike Knoss uh, both had, you know, they, they had a baby. Um, months at, two months after having, uh, after Maria gave birth, they were released uh, in April. And uh, she wrote on Twitter, did you hear the one about the woman that was released from WWE during a pandemic two months postpartum after being told another baby wasn't an issue? Uh, when someone replied that, uh, it was cost-cutting measures. She wrote, their record numbers say differently. P.S. No other wrestling company released anyone. Um, I got to admit, when all the releases happened, releasing both Mike and Maria, it was – I could see Mike. He had asked for his release before. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think with a billion-dollar company, you don't need to be releasing anyone during a pandemic. But releasing Mike is one thing. Releasing both uh, just months after they had a, a child just seemed uh, seemed like a bad look. No, and obviously, and again, I understand their frustrations as far as things build up and, and you're sitting at home. It's not like they're both able to go and wrestle other places right now, really. They're, so there's a lot of just sitting at home, probably looking online, dealing with all the negative bullshit from fans. And, you know, you read some negative comments from people and it's really easy to to get fired up because um, you're the one that's living through it and, and obviously, we all deal with the negative portion of fans. Um, everyone has them on there with that. So it, it's an unfortunate situation. I understand her frustrations. Again, though, um, and you know, putting stuff online, it's it really it, it, it's her her right, and that that helps her deal with it better than that. And that's fine. It's just it really it sucks. It, nothing really comes of it either way. Um, it's more of just probably a way to vent and get out some frustrations, I would imagine. And um, hopefully when hope things start getting back to normal, the, the, they have an opportunity to, to get busy again and start working or doing whatever makes them happy. And, you know, that's the thing. And I, and I always go back and when I explain things to people over things and even just telling that story about WrestleMania, I almost hate talking about it. Just because it's like, and I just say everything was my fucking fault. I went in and agreed to go do it because it was like, I'm not giving them any power over me. I, I literally, it's all my fault, but, and I just hold myself accountable and that I just stay and I keep moving. I keep myself busy with my current projects um, because if I dwell on it, I get angry because it, it, it fucking sucked. And I'm sure, and right now they have a lot of time to, to sit and think about things. And Vince, we, you talked to, and I know it might be another topic, but his net worth, he's gone up hundred something million, 87 million or whatever. Was that the, during this period? Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, the, the Middletown press in Connecticut, they, uh, they talked about 400,000 people in the state of Connecticut lost their jobs. Uh, whereas, you know, Vince McMahon, a lot of other CEOs, not just Vince, yep. but a lot of other billionaires have seen their net worth, uh, go up during the pandemic. Uh, Vince's net worth was 1.8 billion in March. Now, granted, this was after the stock had plunged. You know, the the news of the um, Michelle Wilson and uh, and uh, George Barrios um, leaving the company as presidents uh, and and a few other things caused caused the stock to plunge. 
so he was worth 1.8 billion in March. By June, his net worth was 1.98 billion, uh, an increase of 177 million dollars. So about 10 percent. So his net worth has grown 10 percent uh, during the pandemic. And I would say that the people that they released um, from a company standpoint was probably I don't know. Total, there was quite a few people released. Um, you know, the the yearly salaries combined, I would imagine, I don't know, between three and five million total with everybody. Maybe it may, maybe I could be off on that just estimating with everyone's contracts and it could be less than that even. But uh, you really kind of looks makes you just question like, well, why did they get rid of so many people cost cutting measures at, at that time? Or why have they not brought them back now that, you know, I don't know. And that's again, his personal wealth. But it's uh, no other wrestling company released people during this period. So it's in the, the why does the largest one that's making the most money outside of non wrestling things? Like, it's just, I mean, we, for those of us in the business that know, which is everyone that works there, everyone, everyone's fully aware of the way it is. And that's Vince. Vince has built that and it's his way he, he operates the company. And, you know, you can look at it. He does a lot of good and provides jobs for people. If you look at it and like, but you just look at it and you compare it to how they operate that business and what they take from people and what people sacrifice for him to have the wealth that he has. And typically it's people's lives because wrestlers die younger than everyone because of the work schedule and how little he leaves them of what they actually earn. So that and a lot of them have trouble when they leave there of doing anything else and uh, opportunities they don't get while they're there because they want to keep them there. They don't want them making too much money. It's uh, that's where it gets really frustrating. And, um, you know, I, I understand Maria. I get her. It's just uh, and she gets a lot of I know probably shit. She speaks her mind on things. So when you speak your mind too, and like everyone has their opinion, every single one of us have an opinion. You end up getting that that negative portion of people that are miserable that just want to attack you and and say untrue things probably a lot of times. And she's the one that has to read and digest that and. You know, it just could take just one day, just something sets her off and, and, you know, she makes some comments and nothing's wrong. She's not saying anything wrong. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, among those other releases, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, they were, so uh, all these, uh, all the main roster WWE stars who were released, their contracts are, or their non-compete uh, clauses are ending on July 15th. So after that, they'll be free agents. Slammiversary is a few days later on July the 18th. They had run this promo teasing a bunch of ex-Impact uh, wrestlers going to Slammiversary. And, and actually not even just ex-Impact <laughs> guys. They also had like Rusev teased in, in the promo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they had Gallows and Anderson, um, EC3, Drake Maverick, who's clearly he's now, you know, he re-signed with WWE. But yeah, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson uh, have apparently come to terms on a deal with Impact. So they are actually heading there. So the, the deal uh, will allow them to work for Impact while also allowing them to tour with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So uh, a big get for a big get for Impact. Oh, definitely. And uh, I've talked to Luke a little bit here uh, after he left over a couple things, different things. And uh, I started with him in Deep South Wrestling and I'm uh, and I, I met Carl up there wwe wasn't around him a lot but he i remember carl anderson i needed shaving cream one day to shave my head for tv i was already like this was me at my i was i was fucking fed up and like but i remember i needed shaving cream and something happened and i lost my shaving cream but carl anderson gave me a can of shaving cream and it was right when they were pretty new and i go he does he seems like a pretty nice guy 
because uh, <laughs> we he understood that need to shave your head. I couldn't go on TV without a fresh shaven head, and uh, as a as a fellow bald guy, but I think that was, that's a great pickup for those for Impact. It'd be nice to see, you know, Impact. And again, it sucks. There's no crowd. I want all these guys to wrestle in front of people because that's the cool thing. They're just showing up at another company now with no crowd, and it's really a lot. It loses its appeal in, in a lot of ways. But in the in the overall big picture, hopefully once people are back, they'll have that moment, um, and uh, it helps build up that roster. And you know, you get a couple bigger names that go over there, and it can maybe sometimes make it easier to get another big name to come over. You know, not to say I don't know what Rusev's intentions are. I I, I personally hope it's with AEW. Um, I really think he's going to be able to help bolster that roster, boost it up, uh, uh, and give it give another big man over there that could work. Uh, with with name value and, and help with the ratings, um, but impact as well. I want to do as well as possible because, you know, if there's room for three promotions, then then great. It, it's just it's more money for all the wrestlers. It's more entertainment for the fans, and it keeps the, the if the companies are really really trying, it, it keeps them all on their toes. So great pickup yeah. for impact. Yeah, and I think the one thing with Impact that's that's hurt them over the years is that their roster seems to completely change every yeah. six months. So hopefully uh, they can keep these guys around for a while. Um, WWE wasn't able to utilize them well, so hopefully uh, Impact is able yeah. to. And again, it comes down to money too, though. With what they had, they reshuffled everything, and what they did is is they brought a lot of independent guys, and they're probably not paying them a lot realistically to get and having guys. Um, but in order to grow, you need you can't just have a bunch of independent guys getting over on each other. It makes it really tough. Not to say over time those guys will get name value. Like I said with AEW, the guys they have like you look at Jurassic Express or the the Jungle Boy and them now they're getting a little. I look at them entirely differently now than I did a year and a half ago, a year ago, and it's right. because of the TV. They getting that 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 value on TV over time. So hopefully Impact can bring keep bringing in some names and, and help. It, it helps. Yeah, I do think with Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus that they need to they need to start getting more serious. Maybe split off, you know, Jr. with Jungle Boy. You, you said Jurassic Express, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I just think, uh, you know, Luchasaurus is a big dude, and the the goofy gimmick. I think he. You want to know what I'm doing, to... Raj? I sent I sent Trent a message because of everything that happened this week. You know what my favorite thing was this week on all of. All of television this week that I saw wrestling. His mom bringing him in? Yes. And <laughs> I would 100%. I mean, I was messaging Trent yesterday. I would, if I was head of creative there or on the creative team, I would be pitching ways. And whether you use his real mom, I would probably get a fake mom. And whatever, <laughs> if her name is Sue, Susan, whatever it is, I would name her Karen, first of all. And But I would do it where... And I made a little joke. She's in the backstage. Just She's that mom. We all know it. We all can relate to it. That overly caring, loving mom that just wants the, her well-being of her son. And Trent trying to be his own man. And he's in a tag team fighting for the championships. He's a big TV star now. But mom just backstage making goodies. Always wanting to talk to Tony about things concerning Trent. Just making things uncomfortable, but loving, just from a loving mom. And then eventually I want to see Karen or Susan, whatever the fuck we're calling her, she makes a big heel turn in the ring and does something really <laughs> dastardly. And they go on this big evil heel run together as the best friend with the mom. I think it's money. And it was the one thing that I, and however you want to put her in, I think there's something there with today's generation relating to that, that mother of 
being there and not like a, a Judy Bagwell type. This is, I don't know. I, I think it hits differently in 2020 than it did in the past. And I think and it's with that gimmick and them and knowing Trent's personality and how good he can play that. I think there's, there's some major money in that. And again, I love wrestling and everything. It's the one thing I remember out of all the wrestling shows was I go, that was fucking different. And I, and it was the one thing that a lot, most people probably remember more than anything was Trent pick stone cold, Steve Austin coming in in a monster truck and you got best friends being driven in by Susan. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, there's something to it. But uh, on that, I was saying Jurassic Express. See, I look at things a little differently. I'm looking at these guys. If I'm AEW, I'm running social media ads to fucking little kids solely featuring Jurassic Express with Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy. I make them a package John Cena deal for AEW on marketing to kids. And I don't mm. give a I'm telling you, it, like there's so many opportunities with what AEW is doing. I'm looking at them, I go, I don't give a fuck about the wrestling. I because the wrestling is there. I'm looking at how can we get 5 million people watching this show? Well, you got to start hitting the right audience. They got different things for different people. Jurassic Express is a is a gimmick to get kids watching and their families at the fucking show. That is all that you and I I just see it from a mile away and like and I'm looking in AEW and they have the 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 hot chicks again around the for Fighter Fest. Again, marketing department AEW if I'm involved in this and I know how Cody thinks. I think it's brilliant. You want how many guys do you have watching at home? They want to see hot chicks. They want to see that with part of the deal. It's not you're not just shoving it down their throats. But the two things from Nitro that I thought worked before were the Nitro girls. I thought that was a everyone always loved seeing the Nitro girls, and I loved them always featuring those Nitro parties. And I saw AEW mention something again about the parties, even though we got. I think it's cool. You start filming your AEW Dynamite parties and sending them in. If I'm there, if I'm in the marketing team, I'm thinking outrageous marketing. I want to see people sending in their social distancing fucking parties with masks, <laughs> celebrating because that's how you get people. Hey, man, let's fucking people want to be on TV, right? Hey, come yeah. over. Let's watch fucking Dynamite. Maybe we'll make it on TV next week. Now you got 10 people watching the show that maybe wouldn't have watched. I don't know. I see a lot of potential with them with a lot of things that they're doing. I do too. I, I want to get your thoughts on this though. Uh, whenever wrestling was at its hottest, whether it's the late eighties when you had Hogan, Savage, Hogan, Andre, uh, the nineties with nitro, when you had Goldberg, the NWO, uh, Austin McMahon, they, you always had silly comedy, but at the top it was ser more or less serious yes. or cool. I think right now with AEW, you just have a lot of the silliness throughout the show, not the, the larger than life, uh, you know, big personalities in a heated uh, conflict. And I think that's, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of been hurting AEW a bit is that, you know, it's one thing to have Chris Jericho and and Orange Cassidy, but then you have all this other stuff on top. It's just kind of up and down a lot yeah. of that independent wrestling silliness that it's it's cool for a small chunk of the audience, but the larger group, yeah. you know, it, it's not bringing them in. And that, again, comes down to it's a new wrestling company and they don't have the roster depth. And when no. you don't have the roster depth, uh, as far as they're trying to make the roster still, and I think we can't forget that. It's really easy. How many people can Jer Jericho Moxley feuded already? How many real major feuds are there for Jericho? So Jericho has to help elevate other talent. Orange Cassidy right now is popular uh, amongst the people they have. 
as far as a character, maybe now they're trying to figure out a way to incorporate him wrestling more. They're doing the best they can. There's how many, I mean, you have Cody, Cody has the TNT title, but there's, there, you need conflict, you need storytelling, you need drama. They don't, they, I don't know if they have that roster depth yet uh, for that big serious angle. And that's not to say, that's why I want guys like Rusev there, Zack Ryder to go there. Cause now you get some, at least you open up the possibilities cause you need guys building up the other parts of the roster while you have the big guns getting other people in too. I, I agree with you. I think it need, it just needs it just needs more time. There's yeah. really you know I think a great storyline is eventually with the right people showing up. There is conflict within the that um, within Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, that whole known shared vice president, the four. However, you know that the I want to see the company now power struggles within the within the AEW organization. I think that's a great story that can have a main event storyline in time. You can't rush into that. That needs to be that's maybe not a year or two away possibly. I don't know. But I, I that kind of stuff I see down the line with them and Cody and I see like the Cody branching off and doing a new four horsemen possibly. That's something Cody I could see him doing that. And then, and then you know, Omega having his group and the Young Bucks having their group. And then, but you got more guys there. And there's more storytelling. But we got to let them get to that point. They're so early on into this, and we can't. They just can't just do that. So, yeah, uh, we were talking earlier about injuries. Ember Moon, uh, she was talking to ComicBook.com, and she discussed her Achilles tendon injury. Uh, she said that. Uh, what happened was her Achilles tendon got split in half and it was also torn off the bone. So she actually ruptured her Achilles in two places. Uh, the surgeon thinks that she might've been wrestling on it for about two months while it was already torn. And she has said that she thinks it's possible that this could be a career ending injury. Yeah. It reminds me of the ankle injury and out being out a year and a half and, you know, several, three doctors telling me that they didn't think I was ever going to wrestle again. And, uh, I never once accepted that, and I never would ever. I never talked about it in interviews or put that out there. I would never. That's just even me with my back stuff now. I don't my shoulder. It was. I'm coming back. I'm not retiring. I'm not. It's just it, it, patience. Um, it, it's a really difficult thing to hear. I'm sure, and they're telling them that's what they're telling her. And um, and Achilles injuries are are just, um, you know, a full tear like that. It's devastating. From everything, and I've never had one, just from what I've seen, I do know a lot of people have come back from them, but it's also one of those things that can cause a lot of complications uh, with things. Uh, if I'm her, I'm looking at I'm looking at stem cells. I'm looking at uh, everything I can use to my advantage uh, in 2020 uh, to come back. You got to have a lot of patience, too. And I think, too, with that, that one of the things that happens when you wrestle is um, and you get taken off of TV... Uh, you can become very impatient because you can feel th- you feel like things are slipping away when you see uh, you're not in the spot that you were in or you're not being used. You see new people start to come up uh, and then you you realize that it is a business. And, um, you know, if you're not in a top spot while you're there or in a promising spot, it, you could really easily be forgotten about really quickly. Um and in where you then become dispensable to the company where they, they're not valuable to them anymore. And I know that firsthand being fired while I was injured 
like which really off of things that again i that was not handled very well from a medical standpoint uh within the company uh and so it was really frustrating um and I would, I don't know. I, I hope, I hope she can get better. If I were her, I would tell her you need to contact BioAccelerator and uh, look into that and stop doing that fucking stunner off the top rope because you're going to destroy your back. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, something that just came out today um, while we're recording this is Kyrie Sane is apparently done with WWE, at least in the US. Okay. Uh, WWE is writing her out of the company. Um, and she is heading back to Japan to be with her husband. Good. Uh, she is scheduled to be on Raw uh, for at least the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll see if that ends up happening. But, um, yeah, WWE has known about Kyrie leaving since this past May. There's been talk all year about Kyrie uh, leaving WWE soon. So, yeah, she is apparently um, apparently done soon. No, that's what that's I say all the power to her again. Go home, be home, be happy. There's wrestling over there, and um, there's more to wrestling. There's more to life than just wrestling in the United States. And uh, health and happiness and love uh, far override any of that. So, very happy for. Her. Yeah. Also, this week, Edge uh, he discussed his triceps injury that he had um, that got worse during his match with Randy Orton at Backlash. Uh, he talked about. Uh, he says that the match happened straight through. There weren't retakes, and that he basically went into the match with his triceps already partially torn. And uh, during the match when Randy Orton hit the second RKO, uh, that's when the injury happened. So uh, torn triceps, he's going to be out for a while, but he definitely plans on coming back. Yeah, and I think with Edge, and we saw, and I saw the promo that he did where he was sitting by the turnbuckle a couple weeks ago. Um, Was it a couple weeks ago, I think? The, where he was sitting in the ring, yeah. and up the up close shot of him, and uh, you know, time away, really, really, and you could just see he's uh, he was always he's always been great. He's he. I think more than ever, and I and I know from and when I talked to Cody briefly, storytellers really stand out in twenty twenty, and if you know how to tell a story and you know how to to. Um, verbally bring people in one way or the other um you really really stand out and uh edge has always known how to do that but i think uh, we see and you're like man edge got way better and i think he did get better but i also think it's also uh, reflective of the surroundings as well uh that of what is missing in wrestling to a degree and he knows how to how to speak really well and um i remember i watched that whole promo and i, I was like i didn't i didn't look at my phone once I just watched and I go, wow, he, they, he got me. And that's, that's what you want with everyone ideally, which it doesn't happen, unfortunately. And that's just, that's life. It's not going to happen with everyone, but he's, uh, it's unfortunate. He's going to be gone for the amount of time that he is. Um, but I have no doubt he's going to come back and be even better. Once again, he's just, the guy's great, man. That's why I I told you before. I, I wish, it, when I remember being in Atlanta with with my ankle injury and not coming back coming back a year or two later, whatever, when he retired with Alberto, and I remember just sitting in the press box being fucking bummed um, after everything and hearing everything that he was he was retiring because uh, 
I was like, man, that's another guy. Like I didn't, not going to get to work with like, like the Eddie Guerrero's. I told you the Chris Benoit's, the, you know, Ric Flair's and these guys, you want to be able to undertakers share the ring with. And, you know, I got to be in there with Cena quite a bit and he's been in the ring with a lot of those guys. And I learned a lot being, just being in the ring with John. And I've always talked about that. And it's because those little, little things get picked up and handed down from generation to generation. And, um, he's one of those guys, man. He's just, and Christians and other, you hear how they, you'll be, I remember, I remember putting matches together or talking about things and like Christian would be there. And I remember him like, he was like, well, how about this? And like, he just had an entirely different take on a scenario that never even crossed uh, my brain. And I remember then from then on out though, that crossed my brain when I would think about things because I, I got a little insight into how he thought that's where you really, really can pick up stuff. It's not like how they, how do they throw that fucking punch? It's just how their brain works on yeah. putting together spot or psychology. Why would you do this? Well, how about this? And uh, Edge is one of those guys, man. So he's, uh, I- I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And I also think his acting experience over the years, because yes. his promos have been on another level, way better than even before, uh, yes. before he left. So he's been, uh, he's been great. He, him and Randy Orton both this year uh, have been like MVPs as far as WWE goes. I agree. My- Orton too, storyteller stands out more than ever now. And he's just getting better. You know, Orton, by the time this is all said and done, he's put together quite the resume of a wrestling career. Yeah. And it's like, you know, him and John coming in in similar periods and you look, you know, John is moved on to movies more so. And, and, and John worked that top main event spot for how long and, and it's a different grind. And even though Randy, Randy's in the same conversation with all that. Um, I think if you ask them, I think Randy probably feels that he never got the Cena treatment to the degree John did uh, within the organization. So like maybe he's a little more motivated that, to add on to that legacy for another 10 years so, sort of thing. So that by the time you look at his career, 25, 30 year career, he's in that conversation with the greatest of all time. So, yeah. Uh, the ratings this past week, uh, NXT, I, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, you could call it a win for both companies. Uh, NXT presented the great American bash night one, AEW presented fighter fest NXT topping. Uh, they topped dynamite. For the second week in a row, which is, I think, only the second time that's ever happened in total viewers, uh, NXT did 792,000 viewers. Their second best number of the year, um, just by a small margin, there was another show that did 794,000. Uh, topping AEW's Dy- Dynamite, w- uh, which did 748,000 by, uh, by 6%. AEW was way up from last week. They were up 18% total viewers. NXT was up slightly 1%. So, uh, but... So in total viewers, it was a win for NXT, but AEW actually won every demo except for 50 plus. So NXT had a ton of people 50 plus tuning in. AEW won all the other demos. They ranked number six in the cable top 150 in the 18 to 49 demo. And so they beat, yeah, they beat NXT uh, 0.29 rating in the 18 to 49 demo while NXT drew a 0.22. And again, you could look at the positives and negatives for both companies for NXT They've been going up in that demo. That's one of their better numbers in that demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, while AEW, in ter- ter- terms of total viewers, there was an episode a couple of weeks ago that beat it. Uh, you know that the 0.29 that they drew in the demo is not one of their better numbers uh, this year. It's post pandemic. It's it's still it's still good, but it's not uh, for a heavily hyped show. Uh, it 
it wasn't quite what you'd, you'd yeah. expect. I, I, I mean, with the, uh, that's crazy to me. The NXT, the 50 plus viewers you're watching. The, the, NXT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the one thing that stands out. I do know, I think NXT has gone up four weeks in a row on total overall, uh, ratings, which is a good little bit of momentum for them. They, they, they keep their building on four weeks straight is four weeks straight of improved numbers as far as from total viewership. Uh, I never. I know. I saw Jericho made a comment on that the eighteen to forty nine demo, which I guess if that is a thing and that is what advertisers look at, then you know obviously that's really important. I think you're still going to get people. The total viewership is always what people go by. Um, yeah, if you read any sports article where they're talking about ratings, they're always they're posting the total viewers. Yeah. And even Raw Nitro, you know, when they were going head to head, it was always the total viewer rating that they yeah. were comparing, not the 18 to 49 demo. But yes, advertisers do look mostly at the 18 to 49 demo. Yeah. So I, I think it, I, and it's just from an overall perspective looking at it, I think that it's all important. And uh, I tell you, I like it. I like I. I like NXT beating AEW because I think it makes AEW have to think about what are they, I, I want both places like this is competing with each other um, because I want an AEW and I think they understand that and it's more than just wrestling is as important as wrestling is. It's, it's storytelling and, and coming up with capt captivating, compelling storylines to get viewers in and, you know, looking, having a, like I talked to you about Jurassic Express I'm looking at this and I see so much potential with that organization early on. And I think they're going to, they're going to continue to learn. Like, and it, it's, and I, I read marketing books nonstop for my business. So I'm looking at things now, even in a different perspective than maybe I even looked at it from years ago, even though I would say I, it's similar, but where um, I think AEW has potential to do much better numbers than WWE not because of the talent so much, but because of the organization on what they will allow with that and allowing maybe, I think they're going to keep creating stars as time goes on and they need some, they just need some more pieces and they're going to get it. But um, I like these two, I like the ratings going back and forth from personally. I like it. Same here. I think it keeps both companies uh, on their toes for sure. Um, also, uh, Raw had a big drop this past week. Uh, it dropped down to 1.735 million viewers. That was tied for their third third lowest audience in history. Uh, and it started off low, 1.86 million viewers, uh, down to 1.59, we'll just say 1.6 in the final hour. So uh, a big drop after two weeks where they're at the 1.9 million range. So um, yeah, back to doing record lows. It should be pointed out that a lot of the you know, there were a lot of regularly scheduled talent that weren't be able to be used on Raw because of all the COVID-19 yeah. stuff. So they were missing a lot of the regular guys. So you did have the big show in, in a lot of segments. And you could kind of tell he was kind of <laughs> out of place in some of those. Like, uh, And uh, it just seemed like they had him you know, filling in. Fucking big they, show. <laughs> I, love, I feel for him more than anyone. He's such a company guy. He was probably just sitting home in Miami and Vince is, uh, Paul, I need you. Fucking <laughs> book you in 10 segments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw him. Out. He looked, and I got to say, Big Show looks fucking great still. 
just facially, I mean, like age-wise, like he doesn't look like he. It looks like he's been relaxed. Like it looks not, like he's aged a month in the past ten years. Yeah, like he's he's held <laughs> together and he's in better shape now than he was for a long time. That man, he, I'm telling you, it's not easy being the size of that man. That guy, he's he's truly a giant. Um, and it's not easy having to work with that regular sized people with that and and having to get plugged in and not being in the ring all the time and. Um, man, no, I tip my cap to him, but it, it's big show, man, doesn't need to be wrestling with no fucking crowd. Just my, my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does, but it's, the way it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of people, um, who, I mean, this is not confirmed why they weren't on raw, but Randy Orton wasn't on raw. He's clearly one of the, the top guys right now. Street profits who have been on a lot lately, Austin theory, Liv Morgan, Natalia, so, um, all for varying degrees, uh, we're not on raw while you got, you have guys like Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn who are, uh, you know, not going to TV right now during the pandemic. Yeah. Owens is probably returning soon, but, uh, uh, you know, Reigns and Zayn are out for, you know, the time being. And that was too with the, well, because Jamie Noble came out and that was that he tested positive, correct? Yeah, Jamie Noble, Adam Pierce, they had worked with uh, you know names. some of the SmackDown talent. Uh, they had worked with Kayla Braxton as well, who said she's had COVID twice. Um, but yeah, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, uh, they they were doing an interview segment with Renee Young, who came out that yeah. she had tested positive. Uh, Mojo Raleigh and Shorty G, they had been working with Jamie Noble. Uh, you know some of the other stars: Seamus, Otis, Tucker, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose was on a boat trip with Natalia and uh, gosh, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting who else. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, Natalia was kept off for precautionary reasons. She had tested negative but had a slight fever. So yeah, I mean, you know, you're. It's kind of everything's kind of in disarray right now as they're figuring this out. As you know, we we talked about this last week. They just now started testing for COVID before yeah. they were just doing temperature checks, and it, a, a lot of people tested positive. Yeah, and I think too a lot of and it's you, with those names that you said, it, it could just be precautionary that they're negative. They're just sitting at home because they were working around people. Um, and also though, but I do look at it. It is WWE. They're not AEW on how they handle things as far as I feel like probably handling it. Um, AEW handles it far better uh, just for what I would experience from how I know WWE works and the lack of concern for talent overall that um, I feel like they would take advantage of all the talent if they thought they were negative too. Like they would have sure. everybody there. That's, mm, um, But who knows? And who knows who wanted to stay home and who they asked to stay home and it's uh either way it's definitely hearing numbers of 12 to 24 on the amount of positive tests i mean that's who knows it just seems like it's definitely not ideal circumstances that's for sure yeah uh smackdown on mean uh, meanwhile was was up uh, quite a bit, 2.174 million viewers. Uh, that was the Undertaker episode, and that was the the big reason. The first hour with the Boneyard match and the Undertaker stuff uh, was really big, and you know it fell slightly in the second hour. But yeah, uh, SmackDown being up, you know, re-airing some of that newer old content uh, has shown that it'll work as long Did as you say 2.7 right or 2.17. 2.17. Okay, okay. Uh yeah. No, that's uh, and that's kind of consistent with everything with SmackDown. 
Was Undertaker at that, by the way, or was it just no. he wasn't, right? Because I saw no. clips of just the talent, like with him on screen, which is just a weird way for a send-off. Like it, it just leads me to believe that it, there will be something down the line far bigger in when there's a crowd, when crowds are back. But um We'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens with everything. There's so my personal opinion on everything now is like in the testing is it's like, what do you believe? There's so much information out there and, and, and what's really going on. And, you know, obviously people, the virus is real. How seriously threatening is it? I don't know if we'll ever fully get that information. There's testing. There's testing that gets results in 15 minutes. There's testing that takes five days. A lot of places have five-day testing in place still. Why? I don't know. It's yeah. uh, Hopefully, WWE, though, just puts the talent first in this and takes care of them and is, is to their concerns and answers their questions and doesn't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, John Moxley uh, has has been out of action. As as we're recording this, he had tested negative, and he tested negative twice. Taz cut a promo on, and, and they moved his championship uh, match with uh, with Brian Cage up a week. I mean, up back a week. So it's going to take place the week after um, the night to a fighter fest. They're calling that the fight for the fallen event. Again, last year they did Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest, but they were separated a month apart. So it it feels like it's a, a last-minute decision to make that show a little extra special uh, since they're not able to do Moxley and Cage this week. Yep. Um, Taz cut a promo, uh, and he noted uh, you know, uh, Moxley testing negative twice. He, he mentioned how when Moxley comes back, he's going to have to test again. And he said, because AEW doesn't run a sloppy shop, you know, which is a dig at WWE, and apparently, WWE was not happy with those comments. I love it. I think they should do more of it. And he didn't even say anything. He never actually said anything about WWE. He just simply put over AEW and, uh, and that they don't run a sloppy shop and let people uh, decipher that how they will and, and, and break it down how they want to. And I think that was a great way uh, to get people talking. And uh, here we are talking about it this week. And I think Taz has uh, found a very good role for himself uh, for a guy that's not good at speaking. It does at least doesn't come off that way, in my opinion. And I think he's in a really good role right now and will help. Uh, I, li- I like in being from WWE and Taz and having that experience. I like him on AEW television uh, and I like him better in, in this role than commentating because I think he can have more of an impact. Yeah, I think Taz right now, he's doing Paul Heyman better than Paul Heyman as far as being a mouthpiece and, and really getting a talent over. And it's new, it's fresh, it's different, and he's uh, and he's been off of TV for a long time. And uh, like I said, and, and Taz has always been able to speak. I always enjoyed listening to his SmackDown commentary. I thought he always uh, – I enjoyed his period on in that role, and I – was there and coming up in a developmental talent as he had transitioned to an off air, uh, off not non wrestling role. Uh, yeah. During that period, so I, I mean, I, I just I, I I like it. I think he he has a lot to offer the wrestling business, and uh, he, he has people talking. So that's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing, um, Velveteen Dream. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he had some 
allegations against him uh, this past April. Uh, there were allegations that he sent an inappropriate photo to an underage fan. Uh, Velveteen Dream issued a statement saying that he did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. It was a private photo that was shared without his consent or knowledge. So he did acknowledge that the photo was actually of him. Uh, recently with the speaking out stuff in June, there are more allegations towards Velveteen Dream. We reached out to WWE this time. They had sent a statement on a lot of the other uh, wrestlers to us, to Wrestling Inc., regarding Matt Riddle, uh, Jordan Devlin. Uh, but they never sent a statement regarding Velveteen Dream. And it, it's it's looking like he might not be long for the company, but we'll see. Uh, he has yet to issue a statement. He was involved in a car accident uh, a week ago. Uh, Wrestling Inc., we, we had some details on that accident. It took place on a Friday afternoon uh, at 4 p.m. He apparently failed to stop at a red light, and he struck another car. The driver of the other car did sustain some injuries. Uh, the severity, uh, we did not get uh, any updates on the severity of that driver's injuries. Uh, Dream was given a citation. Uh, however, he will not have to appear in court. But, uh, you know, Florida is very... Uh, lawsuit happy so i'm sure yeah. he hasn't heard the last of of this incident but uh things not looking good for velveteen dream right now yeah and uh, not not knowing any of the situation i think it's just it's only fair to um just kind of wait and see what happens i don't know i don't know a lot about him he's an extremely talented uh performer and uh it will be truly unfortunate if that is the the case and everyone you know i'm not passing judgment on anything it's they'll let them handle that and uh i'm sure wwe is looking into that because that's not something um if you're getting repeated things on that issue and that's like kind of the common theme and it could be entirely made up but you want to make sure it's entirely made up and that way it doesn't happen when he's on the main roster or yeah you know so and again and he and he could be entirely, completely innocent, and it's just all, you know, we just wait and see see what it is. But, uh, yeah, it, it, not good. Yeah. Not good. Well, one last thing before I, I forget. Uh, WWE, they were, actually were planning to run a couple of live events this week. Uh, I mean this month uh, in Lakeland, Florida, okay. in front of fans. Uh, they were looking to run – actually, not live events. They were looking to run Raw and SmackDown TV uh, on Friday, July 24th, Monday, July 27th. Those plans are now out the window, and it looks like SummerSlam, which Vince McMahon has reportedly been wanting to have in front of fans, that's looking like that might not happen. So uh, yeah. uh, crowdless wrestling, it seems like, is here to stay for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I know there's uh, places. I think Arizona is shut down some things again, and uh, I think parts of California maybe. We're yeah. open here. I think things are as of uh, the governor here kept is keeping everything the phase two intact through July, um, which again could change. I'm sure week to week, depending on the data. They, as they say, they're looking at. Um, I don't know what's going on. I think a lot of people. I've seen videos of hospitals fucking things up, and there's not like. Cases that are being reported as positive that are negative. Like, I, know, I don't know what's going on. I don't think anyone does. Something doesn't feel right with all of this to me, though, at the end of the day. I'm not seeing people I see in person. Nobody's panicked. I don't see people sick. I don't. I've been to the hospitals multiple times. They're empty. The nurses think something's going on that I've talked to. And, and that's multiple 
from the hospitals here in Vegas, I know other nurses. Uh, I know my friends that have their wives are nurses that have been let go because the hospitals are empty. And you see other, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, it, it, it's, who knows how long is this going to go on until the election's fucking over? I don't know. But, you know, wrestling's taking a hit because of it. Everything's taking a hit because of it. And uh, it's really, really just uncertain times of why this is all going on. And um, I think they just got to do the best that they can. You can't have yeah. people if they, they, the states aren't letting you have people. It's it, it does seem like and it's weird because I guess Vanilla Ice has a concert. By the time people hear this, it'll it'll have happened. He's got a concert in Texas that's going to have like twenty five hundred people. Um, but it does seem like athletes that are getting it. We're you know we're hearing a lot of WWE guys getting it. You know, and athletes in other sports, the NBA, uh, even golf. Yeah. And uh, you're not really seeing athletes get a- affected. Um, no. Numerous NFL, college football players, they're getting it, but they're not getting. Uh, no one has died from it yeah. uh, as far as athletes go. And, so. and you got to be. And to be fair, people have viruses and stuff. People die all the time from stuff. From the, it's just not being. You know, if the news would stop reporting this and the fear-based reporting, a lot of this would go away. People want to, when you look at the actual numbers, you know, pull them up and everyone, there's different statistics out there. WebMD will say 97% to 99.7% of people recover from it overall. Now, how accurate is that? I don't know. But that's from from an online WebMD source. Like, then you hear other reports that's higher than that. And um, you and then you have people, you know, uh, that are that are older that are getting it and have complications they die, they die well that's happened this happens all the time with other viruses it's not nothing you can't be like stop the world like it, there's we like something I, I don't know we've never done this for anything else in, in this and to say I just don't know you're not seeing like re- healthy regular people and I just say you got to wear the mask out do what take do our part to try to not spread it Right. That's all that we all can do. That doesn't take too much effort. Um, But I do think we have to get back to to normal. I do. I think the ramifications are far worse if we don't. Um, But again, I'm not. That's just my opinion. And everyone has their opinion. And I'm just going by the stuff I've seen and places I've been and been around doctors. They don't give a fuck. Doctors aren't concerned that I've seen. Multiple ones. Not, I mean... Don't give a shit. Like, they're not worried one bit. I'm not seeing this fear in real life, but it's been created uh, in this virtual uh, reality that we all live in. So, I don't know. In wrestling, I said in the beginning, I didn't agree with wrestling going on in the early phases when everything stopped because nothing, we didn't have the information. We have a lot more information now. People aren't, the wrestlers aren't dying. Athletes aren't dying. I don't know, but... Do we, do we protect the elderly in them? Maybe we have the restrictions for them. We all wear masks and they have to be careful where they go just so we the world doesn't shut down. Because I'm telling you, and it, it's just, I don't know. I just think it's far worse with that in, in wrestling. And it's, it's not the same without people. But precautions need to be taken if they do allow people. I just don't know what it's looking like this year. You know, I, the one day, it's, have you seen anything with the media reporting on, on during all of the rioting and protesting? I didn't see one fucking media agency outlet, news outlet, talking about the concerns of COVID spread 
Haven't seen anything with all these people out there on all this. They didn't, that stuff, that could have all caused the recent spikes that we had. There was just massive groups of people. I don't know. It's just everything, this whole thing is just odd to me, all of it. It is, uh, it is almost like a wasted year this year in a lot of ways, as far as wrestling goes. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, cases are rising. Uh, I know here in Colorado, the deaths have declined dramatically, yeah. even though cases are going back up. Uh, and I think a lot of that is now younger people are getting it. But we will. it's more younger people that are getting it from going to bars, things like that, and not, you know, not wearing masks. And, uh, and they just shut down bars again out here. I so would we'll, argue we'll, that all these ri- the rises from all the protesting, the younger, the younger generation has been out there protesting. Yeah, that, that could be a big part of it, yeah. Because those numbers take time to come in. Bars yeah. are just started opening. Like It's not all of a sudden, oh, people are drinking, the numbers are going up. Well, the protesting was going on for the past couple months. That would reflect on the, you know. So yeah. I think we just got to wait and see. But it, it's, yeah. who knows what the hell to believe. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't think this week was as news. <laughs> it didn't have as much news, and here we are over an hour. Uh, so <laughs> it ended up there ended up being a lot. Uh, but thanks as always, uh, Ryback, for having me on. Likewise, anything to plug to wrap up this week, Roche? Uh, yeah, we uh, you know just keep checking out wrestlinginc.com. Uh, we've got a ton of exclusive interviews. We had Jake the Snake Roberts recently, Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, uh, Dasha Fuentes, AEW ring announcer, uh, just uh, a ton of Kira Hogan. So. Keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. It's just been absolutely insane news-wise. So um, WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And I got Brian Pillman Jr. on this week's conversation with the big guy Ryback. Thank you guys very much for listening. You've just listened to another episode of the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. They say all men are created equal. Whether we believe that or not, I believe there is a champion inside each and every one of us. Life is energy and food is energy. What we put inside our bodies determines how we feel and act. I have always wanted to be more, and I feel everyone wants to be more than what we are. Supplement companies that use aspartame and sucralose aren't concerned with our health or fitness, but Feed Me More Nutrition believes in selling good for good and creating a relationship that lasts forever. Using only natural sweetener, stevia, and monk fruit, and more ingredients that work. We give you more because we want you to be more. FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Oh, come here! Just running wild! Yeah! I said give me a hell! Ha <laughs> ha! Woo! Shooting place! Wrestling report!